Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good day after, Eagles fans. Round one of the NFL draft in the books. And man, on paper, it looks like a good one for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll break it down with you for the next two hours. Here on Birds 365, you got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. How many hours of sleep did you get, McMullen? Oh, man. Don't even get me started. I, I had, I, I had you knew it was going to be a long night, and of course it was a long night. Yeah, you got to do some heavy lifting here, Jody. I, I just woke up, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't know what time it was. I, I was like, oh, I better check. Uh, I got up about 7.28, which is okay. yeah. rare for me. Exactly. I'm usually up closer to 528 than 728 but we know exactly what we're going to be talking about the two picks that the philadelphia eagles made um 50 some odd years ago mama mac taught me if it looks good too good to be true chances are it's not and that's my only trepidation with the eagles today because they got two outstanding talented players guys who most people projected were going to go higher if not much higher than where they went. And they both end up in Philadelphia Eagle green. They've reunited the championship defense from Georgia from two years ago. Uh, the two guys they took last night have not won, but two championship rings. Um, I couldn't believe that the Eagles got both players that they got where they got them uh, to get a talent like Jalen Carter they only had to move up one spot to get them, give up a future pick. No, not even a pick this year, a future pick to move up to one spot. I guess we should start there. Uh, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate today just for the sake of playing devil advocate. I don't believe everything I'm going to ask you, John McMullen, but I think it needs to be asked. If the Eagles hadn't given up the future fourth round pick, Jalen Carter's going number 10, right? If the if the Chicago Bears at nine want him, then they just hand in the card. It's over and done with. They are getting that same, oh, my value at number nine for a guy who you could argue could have been the first pick in the draft purely on talent. So it's pretty obvious. they, they Their read of the situation and Jalen Carter's off-field behavior was different than the Eagles. 
So the Eagles probably could have just sat and taken the kid at 10. He probably would have dropped to 10. You want to make sure another team doesn't jump up. So you put something on the board. They did a future fourth round pick. You, you can't knock Harry Roseman for giving up that future pick. Can you? No. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, if the bears wanted him and there was a lot of speculation from Chicago that the bears wanted him, they just would have taken him. So they didn't want him. Uh, they convinced the Eagles that somebody was trying to move up. Now there were reports earlier in the day that six or seven teams were trying to move up to get Jalen Carter. Um, so obviously they convinced the Eagles that somebody might come up uh, and, and we might trade out and they get an extra fourth round pick, which good for Chicago, but that means nothing for the Eagles at this point, a future fourth rounder as well right. uh, next year. Uh, and they're going to have so many compensatory picks next year. They're going to have too many picks there. You're going to see that because you're not going to want that many rookies in um, well, they, and they're they, going to, they've already given up two of them <laughs> and they're going to man, maneuver. They're going to continue to maneuver around, but yeah, I, I don't even, you know, they were trying to move up to five and then eight and then finally nine uh, to get Jalen Carter. Um, so they were working hard. Uh, and this was the impactful player that Howie was speaking of that he wanted to get being in a position that he doesn't expect to be in at least for the next number of years. Um, and we'll see how it works out. As you mentioned, from a talent perspective, off the charts. I mean, arguably the best player in the draft. Uh, you know, already teams are going, oh, Billy got him. Um, you know, they they believe in their infrastructure. Um, I, you know, he's not a master criminal. I, I don't know what, you know, it was a terrible situation, but nobody sits and, and says this kid is a, a master criminal. He's a terrible, terrible human being. He's immature. And there's a lot of 22-year-olds that I was pretty damn immature, as I recall, at 22. Um, you know, and the Eagles are competent in their, as I said, their infrastructure. And if this works out, man, Seth Joyner on the on on our draft show, you know, brought up Jerome Brown. I'm not going to go that far because I think it's unfair. But um, <laughs> this guy's this guy's really good, um, just from a pure pure football perspective. And I remember back a couple months. I think it was Mike Gill on his show. He asked me, you know, what would be the no brainer for the Eagles, and I said a football perspective, just football. Sure. Jalen Carter, easiest decision he's ever made. Fits everything the Eagles believe in from a football position they value, play, uh, player they value, what he does, type of player. Can rush the passer. Can I, remember, you know, Javon Hargrave, great pass rusher, not good against the run. Jordan Davis, build, still young, great against the run, not a great pass rusher. This guy's everything. Um, so the rich get richer and the only thing that's going to derail it is if he stays 22 forever and he continues to do knucklehead things. And I just remember Jim Swartz talking about Nigel Bradham. You know, if you do too many knucklehead things, you know, somebody's going to call you a knucklehead. <laughs> then, 
we'll see from that perspective. But, man, I mean, I don't know what these teams are doing, Jody. I don't know what a lot. I look at this first round, and there was a lot of surprises in the first round. You know, Houston obviously did a tremendous job. So they did, you know, Nick Cesario did a phenomenal job, not only with his plan, but locking things up and, you know, uh, you know, hiding what he was really going to do. But they were starting at 2 and 12. I mean, they're supposed to do good things. Some of these other teams, oof, I, I, I just shake my head. And they just give opportunities uh, to a team like the Eagles, and I'm tired. I wish they would do something stupid. They just keep making good decisions. And ultimately, I was thinking about it because I saw so many bad decisions throughout this first round by NFL GMs. And I'm like, what? What it was? What? What is going on here? What is going on? And the only thing I can come down to is experience. You know, Howie made a ton of bad decisions early in his GM career, and other teams, and I've said this all the time, and this is the stability with Jeffrey Lurie, they're not, they don't get the experience. They don't get the experience to learn from their mistakes. They make a bunch of dumb mistakes, then they get blown out and they get fired. Um, and they move on to the next guy. He starts the cycle over again. And he's made mistakes, and he's made mistakes, but he's been doing it for so long now. I think he's just calmer. He's more reasoned. And if it's something's in front of them, and as you mentioned, it looks too good to be true. Maybe it is too good to be true, but. Well, I, I'll give you half an explanation, John. And you and I have surely discussed this before on the show. Uh, and yes, how he was vanquished to the broom closet when Chip Kelly was here. But he was able to withstand that and come back and get back into the power chair and do the job that he did. And he's gotten the Eagles to two Super Bowls. He and Jeffrey Laurie are on the exact same page. Shoot, just this past week, Jeff Laurie in introducing Jalen Hurts went to the, if you've got your coach, your general manager, and your quarterback, you think you're in damn fine shape. Well, Howie's a big part of that as the general manager. He's got leverage. He's got the ability to take chance. Let's, let's be really honest about this. The Eagles took two chances with the two picks that they got. Now, it's a risk-reward situation. And the risk far, the, the reward far outweighs the risk. They took two players that were thought to go well before they were drafted. Well, why did they drop? With Jalen Carter, we know the reason why he's got the off-field issues. With Nolan uh, Smith, I guess it's the injury thing. I That's the only thing I can think of. He's a little undersized for an edge player. Yeah. But uh, people were talking about him going at number 10 to the Eagles, and they get him at 30. So there's a little risk tied to each of those two individuals. Well, I, I thought he was going number ten to the Eagles. If they couldn't, if they couldn't move up, um, I knew they were trying to move up. But if they couldn't, I thought he would, because I thought Carter would go, uh, and maybe he wouldn't have at this point, as you mentioned. And I had Smith. And by the way, Jimmy Kemsky uh, compiled all the Eagles beat writers uh, mock drafts. Uh, like five of us picked Nolan Smith going to, to the, a 10. Because, you know, and we weren't all guessing. It was well known that the Eagles really liked the player. Um, 
to us and and they got him at 30. <laughs> and boy, man, if you look from 10 to 30 and you can find how Nolan Smith got there, it's pretty amazing because there are some situations that look a little hinky on paper, uh, as they say, uh, with these teams. But yeah, man, I, I know people in the NFC East are already cringing because the rich, as I said, the rich get richer. Um, now, Smith was injured uh, this year with a pec injury. Do you think that factor at some point you go, yeah, he's injured, but we're getting him at 30. Well, of course, you're going to put up with the injury and go. The value is too good. So there are a whole bunch of teams that between 10 and 30 that said, now nah, we're going another direction. And Eagles benefit from that. Do you think that's the reason why he dropped? Because, his you know, his- how he was asked uh, that specific question um, and he was dumbfounded and I don't think he was acting. He said, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, injury wise. Um, and he had the torn peck, as you mentioned, uh, but he was back. He did everything at the con. He wowed the world at the combine. He did everything. He ran the four three nine. That's the fastest edge rusher since two thousand three. Whatever it was, he did everything. He showed he was completely healthy. It's a peck injury. It was October. Um, and I'm sure it factored into certain teams, but peck injuries are pretty prevalent. I mean, there's a history they. There's significant injuries. They take time to rehab. Right. They from. knock you out, but once you come back, once you're you back. come back, you're back. Yeah, it's not one of those injuries where it affects you long term, or you see these big fall offs. He he was dumbfounded. Um, man, yeah, I don't, I don't. I, but to your original question, yeah, it had to. That had to be part of the reason. We saw the same thing with Nicobe Dean. Remember, it was a pack. It was a peck, and it wasn't even a fully torn peck. It was a partially torn peck for Nicobe, and he fell from potential late first round, certainly at worst early second round, to, to the third round. There's a lot of dumb teams in this. Yeah, uh, and uh, we'll find out if Nicobe's torn peck, partially torn peck, has any influence on the way he plays this year because the Eagles are banking on him. And the all-new Georgia defense here in uh, Philadelphia with as many Bulldogs as the Eagles have now edited. Uh, one other thing I want to get out of you before we get to Les Bowen is going to be our first guest. we get Les up here. Um, you and I both agreed, and I said, Johnny Mack, uh, good luck with that because I don't think he's going to be there. Brian Branch on, on the board at number 30. Now, Nolan Smith was a higher-ranked player, so if you take the higher-ranked player, the higher-thought-of player, you can't really second-guess it. Other than the Eagles, he gives them certain depth at the defensive line, the edge position, and I'm not saying he's going to sit like the uh, his teammate, Nicobe Dean, did this past year. Oh, I think he's going to play immediately because they rotate guys in and out. But if you just look at the depth chart at those two positions for the Philadelphia Eagles – safety and edge rusher there is a bigger need at safety and they passed on brian branch to take the who was at least in most people's rankings and ratings the higher ranked player the more talented player any second guessing on the fact that the eagles passed on 
probably the only safety who could step in and start and be as good in year one without as not as great startup costs this year by not going Brian Branch instead of Nolan Smith. No, I, I, you know, once it became, I think, you know, Smith was significantly higher on, on the Eagles board than, than Branch as a player, even though the, the need, as you mentioned, is, is certainly more significant at safety. You know, he said that, and again, I go back to the experience. He, he's gotten bitten in the you-know-what in the past by reaching for uh, a position of need over a player they have rated higher. He doesn't do that anymore, uh, or for the most part. Uh, and this was a pretty clear difference. Um, you know, I don't know if they would have taken him anyway, because we talk about the the you know their value, the position, all that. But for them, I, I for them specifically, I don't even think it was a conversation. I mean, this is a player that had tier two. You know, right be group. They had a tier one group, which was basically Carter, Anderson, Paris Johnson. Uh, Bijan, I, I don't know. They might have had a medical thing on Tyree Wilson, but I'm not sure. So those four I know, that was their tier one. So you think they had Bijan tier one? Yeah, blue chip player. They weren't taking him, but and had, like everybody else, he's a blue chip player. No one's ever argued that point. They just weren't taking him. Because they don't, you know, at some point the Eagles are. So their evaluation of the player doesn't go into their tier ranking. No, it does. It does. But at some point, that's what it's about to say. The evaluation has got to match up with the valuation of the Eagles. You know, they, they're not going to be the team that takes Jack Campbell at 19. They're not going to be the team that takes Jameer Gibbs at 12. I'm looking at you, Detroit. But they might turn out to be Pro Bowl players. They very well m- might. That's the best linebacker in the draft. That's a tremendous running back. Could have gotten him later, Detroit. So it's that game of evaluation versus evaluation. The Eagles are good at it. Um, so they knew he was a blue chip player, but they just weren't going to take him. And luckily, it's off the board. Luckily for Howard. Luckily for Eagles fans. You know, they can't say if if he got taken eleven. And he turns into Jim Brown, the sequel. Oh, we could have had Bijan. Well, you yeah. couldn't have Bijan now. It's Atlanta, another great organization, by the way. How many skill positions you got players are going to take, Arthur Smith, with no quarterback? How about building up your defensive front? Uh, you know, three years in a row, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Rob. Oh, go play video games. All right, go have fun, Atlanta. But now that's what, that worked out well for the Eagles because they don't have to answer all those questions. Well, we couldn't get them. You know, you, you can move forward in that direction. Um, yeah, I mean, grades are goofy right away. We all know that. But, I mean, it's hard to say the Eagles had a bad night. It's hard to say the Eagles had a bad night. The Eagles had a great night. If things go according to what, if the injury to Nolan Smith is just a pack that's already healed and he comes in and he plays to the level that he did in September for Georgia, you don't get a talent like that at 30. If they, with their infrastructure, uh, and I give the Eagles a lot of credit for this, 
they took responsibility. They put it on themselves. They said, we believe in how we handle our players and our culture and our locker room. So if this kid goes off the rails again, the Eagles are going to have to answer the question. We thought you were going to be able to help. Right, they're just going to yell. They're just going to yell at Ruben if it goes off the rails. Well, it's, <laughs> they can yell at Ruben all they want. They Before Ruben ever asked a question in the postgame, Howie Rosemore was on record as saying, we have faith in our team, in our system, in our infrastructure. So they're, they're taking some of the responsibility. Of course, most of the responsibility re, uh, remains with the young man himself, uh, about eight, 75 to 80% of it. Eagles are sharing in that. So they're going to, they, they've got a vested interest and then some to make sure this kid stays on the straight now. If they do, the value that they got for where they got him in the draft is off the charts. So that's Johnny and me's look at the opening round of the NFL draft with two major moves by the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll add a third voice next. Our buddy Les Bowen, longtime Eagle beat reporter, will jump on with us here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
guys, John McMullen, going on short sleep, and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. So uh, we will relieve ourselves of some burden by sharing the microphone with our pal Les Bowen, longtime Eagle Beat reporter, <laughs> who, Les, I saw your tweet last night about uh, the amazing talent that the Eagles got at the positions they got him, but you are looking at two guys who quote-unquote dropped where most people projected them going as per the talent that they had. And it always makes you question, well, why did they drop? What do you think is the reason that the Eagles were able to get the two players where they got them? Hey, guys. Well, uh, the first is very obvious with Jalen Carter. It's the incidents that have taken place, including the speeding that uh, the race that ended up the other car, two people were killed. And subsequently showing up at his pro day overweight and unable to complete the drills. I think that's, you know, if you rewind the tape to the end of the college football season, people were talking about Jalen Carter as the number one overall pick, you know? So yeah, that's, that's why he was there for them to trade up one spot to nine with Nolan Smith. It's gotta be the size. I would guess the pectoral end. I mean, Guys tear pec tendons all yeah. the time in football, and he had the surgery like in November, I guess, unless they botched the surgery or something, which has not been alleged anywhere. Um, you know, he's got to be over that by now. It's been uh, several months. Uh, so I, other than the size, that's got to be it. I mean, people, people keep bringing up Hassan Reddick, but not every undersized guy is Hassan Reddick, you know, I mean, I, I do think there are yeah. concerns there. And I also was a little bit, when people kept mocking him to the Eagles, I was thinking, yeah, well, they have Hassan Reddick, but does that mean you could start collecting undersized pass rushers? You know? uh, but obviously, you know, at 30, it's kind of a no brainer to take a guy with that much talent who was rated so highly by everybody. And you just have to hope that the size concerns, you know, maybe you can put some more pounds on him. Maybe, maybe he'll be like Hassan Reddick. Uh, Hassan went through quite a journey. Uh, he was a first round pick, but uh, the Cardinals were so convinced that he couldn't edge rush at that size that they tried to make him a, you know, stand up linebacker. And, he frankly wasn't very good at that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took years for them and somebody getting hurt for them to plug him in at edge rusher. And yeah, he had to uh, bag Arizona to play him at edge rusher. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think they got talent and, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, everybody was raving. Yeah. Rich Eisen last night on the broadcast, uh, everybody I've seen is raving about what the Eagles were able to do. Um, You've seen the clip of Micah Parsons, uh, you know, <laughs> being visibly upset that the Eagles got Jalen Carter. Uh, I, all that's great, but, you know, we've been here before, uh, and you know, there's things that have to be worked through with both of these guys. And uh, before I came on here, John was talking, made an allusion to the thing with Reuben Frank last night uh, during Howie's uh, – I was shocked by that, and I really didn't like it a bit. Um, yeah, we could have used you last night. They were combative uh, last on yeah, and on certain nobody. And I, I don't mean this as any kind yeah. of insult to Ruben. Nobody explains what they're the Eagles are trying to do 
and takes up for them against fan criticism more than Ruben. Yeah. You know, Ruben yeah. is one of their stalwarts, probably the person who, you know, goes to bat for them more than anyone in the media and for them to act like he's done something awful, yeah. you know, and they ganged up out, what he pointed out was exactly right. And, you know, there's plenty of time for Jalen Carter to figure this out. But first with Melissa Stark on the broadcast I was watching, he had his, his answer started out with, I don't know when asked what he learned about yeah. the tragedy that took place in January. And then with you guys on the conference call where he's like, oh, he didn't ask much about that. Uh, you know, eh. yeah. Um, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. He's had three months to craft, and the people who work for Drew have had three months to craft what this guy ought to say about this. And it's not an ongoing investigation, as Howie Rosen, Howie Roseman tried to claim that he reached a plea deal and, uh, you know, uh, was given probation in March. Uh, as far as I know, there's nothing pending on this that he needs no, to be. It's it's completely closed. Yeah. Uh, from so a legal standpoint, it, it's past time for them to give him a compassionate, uh, mm. thoughtful response to this question. And the fact that he can't articulate one in late April, it bothers me, frankly. I mean, it doesn't make him a bad player, obviously, but I was really disappointed by that whole scene and the way they acted about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, uh, here, here's my thing, Les. Um, the Eagles are correct as well in one aspect of this. The fact that it is a big day for them. It is Zoom. It's a, a mm -hmm. Zoom is not always the best place in the world to get across right. uh, something. That's all, you know, say that, but don't be combative about it. Right. Don't have the that head coach. unfair. Yeah. And all this. yeah, no, it's not unfair. It's not unfair not at unfair. all. It's, it's the, the only reason team. you were able to draft the exactly. guy. Exactly. It's yeah. the only reason he's there. Yeah. So yeah. you have the ability to draft him. It, yes. It's ludicrous to even, and they knew it was coming, let's be honest. But the fact right. that they, they kind of used it and they kind of ganged up. And I mentioned to Jody about the tampering issue. You know, how he brushed that up and said, that's an NFL thing. It was a settlement. Settlement yeah. means you settled with Arizona. Well, it means you complained. I mean, the NFL didn't well, start a yes. tampering uh, mm. investigation out of thin air. Yeah. You know, you told them, hey, this isn't right. Arizona talked to our guy before the Super Bowl. You know, so, yeah, that, that was BS as well. And it really got me how he went very passionately about how, you know, this didn't affect anything Jonathan did in the Super Bowl. I, I still wonder, <laughs> you know, uh, I'll tell the you guy what, knew he had a, he was, a, he was leaving is, in a couple hours to become the head coach of another team. <laughs> and that will become I, over the years less. People will tie that in a little bow and say, that's the reason the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I will say from the Eagles as a whole, they were such horses asses. Like I want to criticize them. I can't because they did a good job at their actual, you know, gathering the talent. But man, 
there's a little bit of haughtiness to this organization and it's, it's, it's coming back and maybe it's deserved. Maybe it's not deserved. Um, but it was all putting, I'll say that it was all putting, um, but I can't, can't criticize the guy because he did, you know, I had them taking Nolan Smith at 10, Jimmy yeah. Kemsky, uh, collected all our mock drafts. Five of us had the Eagles taking Nolan Smith at 10. Um, I think there's a lot of bad GMs in this league and how he's taking advantage of them. Uh, but Jalen Carter, yeah. I mean, you brought up uh, – we all know about the incident. Here's what concerns me, Les. He was cited three times for speeding before the incident. Um, and I don't know if you heard me there, Les. I lost I, you. I'm sorry I did. We lost you for just a little bit. You you were talking about Nolan Smith at 10 and how everyone had them taking Nolan Smith at yeah, 10. Yeah, a lot of people did. But with, with Jalen Carter, you mentioned that the big incident everyone knows about, tragedy that it was. Here's what concerns me even more, and I'm not trying to compare it, but just from his behavior, he was cited three times for speeding yes. before that. Before right. that. So in a very short period of time. Yeah. yeah. You know, not three times over the years, but three times in a few months. Yeah. Um and, and that is a how, valid question that they should answer and they should answer yes. meaningfully. And you think a Georgia Bulldog player gets pulled over and given a speeding ticket every time he speeds in Fair Athens, point. Georgia. <laughs> Fair point. I mean, how okay. how bad a driver do you have to be? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's the driver's skills. I think it's how many miles over the speed limit they yeah. are. 25, right. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Yeah, that's going to dictate right. if you're 10 miles over the speed limit. Oh, good luck on Saturday, yeah. big guy. Boom, and you're on your way. Uh, this, this kid has an issue. He has a problem. But I said this with John and, and see if you agree with me, Les. The Eagles took on the responsibility. They took on a haughtiness. I like that word, John, last night in answering certain questions. But I'll give the Eagles credit in that they took on the responsibility. They were out front saying, we believe in our culture. We believe in our ability. We not only mm -hmm. want them to be good football players, but good men. So they're, they're signing up for this. If this kid right. has an issue, has a problem, just has a need for speed that he can't get over, well, the Eagles are saying, we'll manage it. We'll, we'll, we'll stop that type of behavior. If they can, they got themselves a hell of a football player with the ninth pick of the draft. But they are shouldering some of the responsibility here, are they not? Yeah, maybe they're just going to have him carpool with the other Georgia guys or something. I don't know. But, yeah, they certainly are. Negotiate they are taking free this on Uber their in wherever he goes. Yeah. He can Uber from uh, wherever he needs to, whatever his next right. destination is. Well, a lot of the younger players especially lived uh, during the season in that little uh, sort of townhouse development right uh, down yeah. Patterson Avenue, yeah. um, you know, so it would, which you could almost walk to from, it would be very, or, very or difficult. Or bike if you're Matt Collins back in the day. Yeah. yeah. If you live there, it's going to be really, really difficult to get a, any kind of ticket or get in any kind of trouble. So, you know, assuming that you're going back and forth to work most of the time and not you know, uh, finding places to, to run a car fast. But, uh, but yeah, that, that really stuck out to me. I, I just didn't think, uh, I'm amazed. You know, Drew Rosenhaus is a very smart man 
And the fact that in three months, this guy can't talk about anything, you know, about remorse or about uh, having learned anything or, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a bit disappointing. Um, at number 30, we talked about Nolan a little bit less. Um, there were some other uh, players out there. We talked about Brian Branch. They probably have yeah. a bigger need uh, at safety right now than edge rusher. Um, how he admitted they were seriously considering trading out. It, presumably, if somebody was coming up to try to come up and get Will Levis or uh, Hendon Hooker. Uh, but they ultimately stayed put and took the player they wanted. Um, should they have gone in a different direction uh, than Nolan Smith? I saw Daniel Jeremiah, you know, ponder that last night. He was saying, you know, there's some other, he mentioned Branch, but then he, he said, you know, Nolan Smith, you know, you, positional value is, is always important. Uh, I think an edge rusher is more important than a safety and, most people had Nolan Smith, you know, in the top, certainly 15 talents in the draft. And none of these other guys that you're going to get by trading back, even if they would have been nice fits and, and good guys to have, had that kind of rating. You, I, I, I think what they said was true, that they looked around and thought, you know, we just can't pass this up. Uh, I think probably they went into the evening thinking they might very well trade back from 30 but you know it, it, I don't think anything comparable uh, could have possibly been found you know in terms of of how the guy's talent is rated and we'll see if that's the right rating for him I guess all right one more question on uh, last night's draft and we want to get your thoughts on what the Eagles could do here uh, on Friday and day two less um Leading up to uh, Jalen Hurts' signing of the contract, I kind of put my partner on the spot. When is this going to happen? When are they going to get it done? What's the time frame look like? And damn if the Eagles didn't get it done before the draft. So instead, I'm going to put you on the spot okay. with a time frame. When exactly are the Eagles going to release Derek Barnett now that they have Nolan Smith? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's under contract. I mean, it's uh, – I don't – you bring him to camp. I mean, I don't think there's any hurry unless you want him to have a chance to catch on somewhere else or something like that. People get hurt, you know, things yeah. happen. Uh, I, I think you keep him around uh, through camp and, and see what happens and see how he is. Uh, you know, he hasn't done anything off the field that would really. I'll have to check his contract because uh, if but they yeah, money... he's a post June first guy. They'd have to wait till after June first, but yeah. uh, where they get significant cap relief. But yeah, it might be that might be the best thing for Jody because Derek Barnett might be uh, uh, might be elsewhere next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, I, I think he probably I bet will good be money on that right now. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty deep at edge rusher, uh, which is a pretty nice position to be deep at, at least on paper at this stage. That's not the case, though. There's still work to be done, Les. Yeah. Boy, that pack seven on defense uh, still needs a lot of help. Uh, not corner, but safety and linebacker. Yeah. And then you got Nick Sirianni. At some point, you got to give the, the offensive head coach a toy, don't you? Yeah. Um, well, I think you have to get some offensive line depth. Uh, 
And that's going to be tricky because I don't think this is a great offensive line draft. Uh, you saw how quickly the, the top tackles went. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you've, you've lost Isaac Suamalo. You've lost Andre Dillard. Um, yeah, this is almost certainly Kelsey's last year. I was really struck uh, in some of the remarks they made earlier in the offseason they were kind of lukewarm about Jurgens at right guard. And that raises a concern that I had, which is that although he's a great young player and, and Kelsey's successor and all that stuff, he's really light. Uh, his stature isn't quite what Suomalo's stature was. Although somehow he's listed at a very close weight to Suomalo. I've seen the two of them stand next to each other. I'm not sure that's, Real accurate. Yeah, they, but, yeah uh, I'm with you. Some of these weights last. Yeah. You know, they, they say Nicobe's, I don't know. They got him at 220. I, I don't know. I don't, I yeah. Don't. Cam Jer yeah, Cam Jergens is not as big as Isaac Samala. So, you know, there, there was a big, there was a lot of thought when people were talking about the Eagles drafting Skronsky, perhaps 10th overall, that they wanted another starting right guard. So, are you going to find somebody like that in the draft on day two? I, I don't know. Um, everybody, of course, the fans all want to know about running back. I, day two, I don't know, since you didn't get any OL or safety or, you know, corner, uh, linebacker, uh, anything like that on day one, I, I, I think running back might still take a back seat uh, today. But you kind of go by your board, I guess, a little bit on that. Uh, it's not like you're drafting a punter in the second or third round. You know, I mean, you get to second, third round, I think you have to go by who's the best player in most cases. But, you know, it's it, there's a lot of stuff that they still have to do. And they don't have – they have that vast uh, space there where they don't have any picks, Yeah. you know, <clears throat> uh, on the third day. And uh, I keep ex I, I do expect them to do something about that. I really do. So well, it helps that they got uh, they <laughs> got to get up in the third round with the tampering. Um, yeah. So now they move base basically from the back end of the third round to the front end. Yes. And who knows? Maybe they can manipulate those two picks. They pick it at the end of the second round as well, uh, and get something into the day three, as you mentioned, but. Um, the guards are interesting because, you know, they're still there. Uh, Osiris mm -hmm. Torrance from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Steve Avila. A lot of people have speculated. I know I heard, I think Daniel Jeremiah say he was a Jeff Stoutland guy. Uh, he would, Stout would like yeah. him. Um, Anthony Bradford from LSU. Yeah. You yeah, would be on something with the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, won't be sexy, but but needed. All right, yes. but let's talk sexy, John, since you did mention that you got to throw a bone to your offensive-minded coach since you took two, two defensive linemen with your first two picks in the first round. And, yeah, I think running back is the position. You know I'm a big Zach Charbonnet fan, and I hope the Eagles, either he drops down to 62 or they do the just move up slightly if they need to, just like they did for Jalen Carter last night. But if they don't, if they decide they need to do other things or Charbonnet comes off the board really early in the second round, let me throw a name by you. A player that they could acquire via trade 
And I would suggest the amount that you'd have to give up would be next to nothing, like a certainly day three pick and maybe even a seventh round pick. Bring a homeboy home. DeAndre Swift is going to become the forgotten man in Detroit. They they used the, what, 17th pick in the draft to take Jameer Gibbs? 12. Said, 12. 12 pick in the draft? Excuse me. I yeah, Let me repeat that. 12th. Underestimating yeah. the Lions' yeah. questionable choice. Um, and they also signed Montgomery this offseason. He's going to get buried in Detroit. Um, he rushed for 5.5 yards per carry last year. He never got the ball. How he scored five touchdowns, I don't know. Because Jamal Williams became their inside the yeah, five-yard yeah. line guy. Otherwise, he could have had 12 touchdowns this past year. They've completely buried that young man. Uh, it's disadvantageous in that he's on the last year of his contract, last year of his rookie deal, was a second-round pick right at the top of the second round, but doesn't have that fifth-year option that first-rounders do. Right. He counts like $1.1 million against the cap this year, so that fits the mode of the Eagles looking for some bargain basement-type guys. He's only got one year to go. Uh, what could Detroit ask for? They they probably will cut him if they trade him. At least they get something. If you're the Eagles, would you give up a seventh-round pick for a player just for one year to upgrade your running back position? Yeah, I probably would. Uh I actually saw a quote last night from the Lions general manager. He was asked about DeAndre Swift. And his answer was very – played right into what you're saying. It was like, yeah, he's still he's still here. He's still here. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was uh, – Bringing endorsement, huh, Les? Yeah. It literally, he said something like, he's still on the roster. You know, Ooh. I mean, uh, yeah. But there again, you, just like with a guy sliding in the draft, I know he's going to the final year of his contract, but – why are they so lukewarm on DeAndre Swift? They certainly weren't lukewarm on him when they drafted him. You know, what's what's going on there exactly? I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. But yeah. um, who was that you know. at Pussy's local? You know, sometimes that works yeah. for you. Sometimes it works against you. It worked beautifully with Hassan Reddick. Right. Um, who was that cornerback? And, Remember and Kaiser last... White gave him a good year, too. Don't forget yeah. Kaiser coming home, too. Uh, got in trouble right out in front of the Nova. Right, Broaden Patterson, like a hundred, yes, three hundred. I was feet trying away. to remember his name. I don't remember the name. He came, Car he he was in Carolina. He came from Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Daryl, Daryl Worley, Daryl Worley. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right in Broaden Patterson, which is you know you could throw a stone and hit the Novacare complex. Yeah, um, they got rid of him right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, so yeah, that. You're right. Sometimes bringing a guy back into his home environment isn't a great thing. Sometimes it is. Uh, you know, that Jody, that's fine with me. Assume, assuming that DeAndre Swift has his head on right and everything and isn't, you know, doesn't okay. have uh, you, uh, some you kind of injury. You just have to send or... Big Dom out to St. Joe's Prep and get yeah. the real get the real right. deal on the kid. Yeah. And oh, by Big the Dom way, there's another reason to bring him in here. Where'd he go to school? Uh, Georgia. Georgia. That yeah. would be the University of Georgia, and the Eagles are collecting those guys left, right, and center. Why not one more? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. They love um, Georgia players. But by the way, uh, let's talk about Howie less. Uh, really, since Jalen Rager seems to be the de demarcation line, the Eagles got <laughs> two cutes. 
yeah. uh, with that. They knew Jefferson was better, but they wanted a specific type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember them talking about stretching the field vertically and horizontally. You probably remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of just taking the guy, hey, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take him. He's a really good receiver. Um, and ever since then, boy, you know, whether it's at, at the top of the draft, it was Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. Mm-hmm. And last year's draft still to be determined. But they they remain very high on Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and Cam Jurgens, and now we have this draft. It seems like they've simplified the process. They're not. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, yeah. uh, for a long time, Howie, and it's weird for a guy like Howie who spends a lot of time in SEC territory. Uh, last I heard, he had a place down there on the the Gulf Shore, you know, uh, which is where a lot of those SEC people spend their off seasons. Uh, the Eagles almost had a, I wouldn't say they had a prejudice against the SEC, but they didn't take the high picks from there. They, they looked for Pac-12 guys and, you know, traits, like you said, and, uh, you know, they, they, they are, they are going blue chip these days. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, big, big school, uh, guys who really proved it in college. And uh, I can't say I, you know, I disagree with that at all. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, there's no more. Uh, yeah. With, with uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside, it was the uh, catch radius. You know, he had this wonderful catch yeah. radius. Yeah. Uh, except he couldn't catch. So the radius didn't matter. <laughs> uh uh, uh, you know, they're not, they're not doing stuff like that as much. And I think that's a good thing. All right. Uh, we need to take a moment in passing in silence for Jalen Hurts. He was the highest paid player in the National Football League for less than a week. <laughs> four he, days, baby. Four was days. that all it was? Was yeah. four days? Yeah. How long has Roman Reigns' title been going? Almost close to a thousand. Uh, Jalen yeah, held the belt for four days before he had to give it up to Lamar Jackson as four the highest-paid player in the National Football League. Something it was a hell of a run. Hell of I'm a sure run. he's crushed. You yeah, know, it's, hell of it's, a four days, Jalen. Yeah. Good job out of that. But the the Baltimore Ravens have to thank the Eagles. So if you're talking about negotiating a compensation like the Cardinals and the Eagles did for tampering on Jonathan Gannon. I think the Eagles should get something for getting the Jalen Hurts deal done so that Baltimore and Lamar had a basis to work off and get their deal done. Yeah, you know, there, you'll get a, there's a lot of rhetoric going around uh, about, oh, look at all the money he saved not having an agent. You know, look, well, you're right. They just took the Eagles contract, added a few dollars you know, one dollar yeah, here. Yeah, a million dollars so that he yeah. was the new highest paid player. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And if the Eagles hadn't done this, I don't know how this would have ever gotten resolved. I I don't I'm not a big agent guy. I you know, but you do need some sort of representation, even if it's a family lawyer or somebody. Uh, this was going in a very bad direction. You know, when, when Lamar Jackson requests a trade. Everybody says, oh, well, they don't have to trade him, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, he's your quarterback. <laughs> you can't play with a quarterback who wants to be somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, that's just insane. So, you know, 
they can thank the Eagles for pulling their season back together. I think, uh, you know, this was, uh, it, it wasn't like, Oh, he saved all this money and everybody lives happily ever after. It was really a long running disaster that was, uh, yeah. headed for the rocks. And I'm glad he pulled up and, you know, did what he needed to do here. And I'm glad the, the Ravens were able to get this resolved, but yeah, it's, uh, certainly that and you'll see probably the uh the joe burrow and uh the the guy in uh, the LA chargers yeah. guy herbert yeah. <laughs> you know you'll see those contracts come in pretty close to what the eagles did as well i bet yeah i think i think joe's gonna end up on top he's gonna be number one for the for the year whenever he gets <laughs> done um and then we'll go from there but you know less at Les bowen Follow Les on Twitter. Uh, longtime Eagles reporter does a tremendous job with this team. Look, I'm going to make Joe Banner happy. He started this really. Uh, yeah, you know, the Eagles go first. They always want to go first with these contracts. It's the right thing to do. Why yeah. are people question it? I, I think, you know, like when it doesn't work out with Carson Wentz, that doesn't mean the contract was bad. I always right. say the contract was good. The contract people did their job. Then the evaluation oh, yeah. and coaching and all that. Then it's up to them. You hand the baton off to them. This right. is a good deal from the Eagles' yeah. perspective with Jalen Hurts. Agree or disagree? I agree. Joe has been uh, critical of it from a player perspective, which he almost yeah, always is now. Yeah. Now that Joe isn't in the business, <laughs> he wants he, to be an agent. <laughs> either that or he just hates agents so much that he every deal, the guy could have gotten more money. You know, it Joe is consistent on this. I haven't seen a deal in the last couple of years <laughs> that Joe didn't think the player should have gotten more money. You know, yeah. uh, my point with Joe and of course, Joe knows what he's doing, but this wasn't a an adversarial, no. you know, I'm going to get everything and leave you with nothing sort of situation. Jalen Hurts, as he articulated beautifully the other day, wants to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, he wants to make a lot of money, and he is making plenty of money. He's not being taken advantage of in any way. There's no way the NFLPA or anybody else can say, oh, gosh, this guy's killing us. He, he took way below market. No, he got a market value contract. But he also didn't kill the Eagles in terms of, you know, salary cap and uh, ability to build a competitive he team didn't around him. Cousins, the Eagles, is what I say. Is he? And, he didn't milk right. Every and Jalen Hurts sense. isn't trying to beat Jeffrey Lurie. You know, yeah. he he's trying to be a partner with Jeffrey Lurie and win a Super Bowl. You know, and that Joe kind of goes the other way on these negotiations. Like somebody should, you know. They have an advantage here. They should take the other side to the wall and they should nail them to the wall. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think we want that with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I don't think we want that atmosphere, that, you know, attitude, that uh, that demeanor, you know, uh, in this relationship. And I think uh, I think it was a great contract. It's one of the things the Eagles do best. And I'm not, you know, I don't kiss their rear ends all that much. I there are a lot of things they could do better, but 
uh, including the facilities thing that the NFLPA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they (laughs) they don't have the footprint, Les. They don't have the footprints. They really Uh, don't. That that practice facility is 20 years old now, plus 20 plus. And I just wonder, you know, at some point, something's going to happen there. Uh, there's a giant yeah, going to move to the right suburbs somewhere. That, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. They have the parking lot, but the, the city won't give it to them. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what the city does if they decide that they've bought a nice piece of land in Camden County or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, someday, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's coming because County. I don't think the Eagles are going to Camden County anytime soon. No. <laughs> No, we shall see. It'd be convenient uh, for me, though. If they yeah, do. <laughs> it could be convenient for Nick as well. Maybe they want yes. to help the coach out. Yeah. That's Sa- right. Save you guys toll money going across the bridge. Yes. Uh, Les Bowen, thank you very much for jumping in. You know, we'll be calling in a couple of weeks. Thanks for doing it today, big guy. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank Les you, Les Bowen. Here with us on Birds Three Sixty Five. One quick Jalen. Well, maybe a couple of quick Jalen Hurts contract uh, points before we get to break. Um, Mike Florio, who I like a lot on Pro Football Talk yesterday, given the details of the uh, Lamar Jackson contract. And the fact that it is uh, that much more than Jalen Hurts' contract. And he kept going back to it about it being only a five-year deal, whereas Jalen Hurts is a six-year deal. Well, Jalen Hurts is still under contract from his previous deal. Yeah. Jalen Hurts isn't a six-year contract. Yeah, they tied it in, but you and I both know, Johnny, that – uh, they, they 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 left the first last year of his rookie deal in place, basically added a little signing bonus money to it so they could spread it out over a longer period of time. Jalen Hurts is locked up for six years just because he had a year to go on his deal. Lamar Jackson had nothing left on his deal. They had to go the full five years. So the way he's been writing about it, it's just been disingenuous. I don't know if he feels he owes it to Lamar Jackson. I hate up what Lamar got. Just hasn't made me sense in his comparison between the two deals has been dumb um and i think it shows that the fact that the lamar contract comes in as similar as it is for the five years of the deal not jalen's first year that's separate but the last five years of jalen's deal and the full five years of lamar are so uh comparable that tells you how good a deal it was done by the eagles it was a fair deal on both sides they didn't get a hometown discount they didn't have to, uh, as you pointed out, Jalen didn't, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, them, her, all their uh, newts to the neck and, and ask yeah. for every single dollar guaranteed. No, it was a great contract on both sides. They're both taking a little risk. They're both uh, benefiting greatly. It was just a tremendous deal done by both parties. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, here's the problem with doing things well. It becomes a template for others. Uh and if they're smart, they can follow it. And I think for the most part, that's what Baltimore, what Baltimore was yep. able to do. Uh, other things, but r- really more the cap stuff. And the cap stuff has to do with when we're talking about building a team. You also got to have an owner willing to to have that, you know, to have that big balloon payment uh, on the back end that if things go horribly wrong, um, well, that's going to create some trying times for a year. You know, it, it was kind of proven with Carson Wentz. It it hurts, but it's only a year, and then you can get back to business. 
maybe not as usual, but close to usual. And then two years as usual. Um, but you have to have an owner who's willing to, to sign off on that. And that's not everybody. No, that is not everybody. And I would say there's 32. I would say there's more on the other side of the fence than there are on Jeffrey Lurie's side. I would absolutely agree with that. I don't, I'd say more like a, a top quarter of owners in the NFL. There might be seven, eight, nine, maybe 10, but uh, there's if it's 10, there's 22 on the other side going, wait a minute, what's the potential downside here? How big a check do I have to write as a bonus to be able to spread it out over all these years of the contract? Yeah, Jeff Lurie gets it, and he's willing to uh, take those risks and sign those big checks. So, Eagle fans, be thankful the Eagles have that kind of an owner here in town. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We appreciate Les Bowen jumping in. We will appreciate Chris Franklin from NJ.com. He's scheduled to join us coming up about 15 minutes from now here on Birds Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
Matt, you Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, we will get Chris Frankel from NJ.com uh, up. He is usually our Monday guy after Eagle game, so he might as well be our Post-game Chris, yeah. Post-game uh, Chris. After day one of the draft. Franklin will join us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes now. Um, I do want to address one of our guys here on the stream, John. I, I have been checking out the stream today because I want to see what Eagle fans think about the job that Howie Roseman, the organization, did last night. The two quality players that they got the positions that they <clears> drafted <throat> him in. Uh, and one of our streamers, La Familia, called me out and said, I, I need to acknowledge the fact that I was wrong that the Eagles got uh, the, the player that they got in last night's draft at number nine. Jalen Carter. Yeah, I was wrong. You need me to say it out loud? Look right in the camera and tell you I was wrong. I did not think the Eagles would get a chance at Jalen Carter. I thought Jalen Carter was going five at the latest six in the draft, and I didn't think the Eagles were going to be able to trade up to get him. I did not disparage the player because I had him going three or four picks higher than he actually went. So I didn't uh, disparage Jalen Carter at all. And I just didn't think the Eagles were going to be able to get up and get the player. So if you needed me to say I was wrong, guess what? I was wrong. But I'm keeping good company. Nobody. Uh, well, well, you know, people say it with me all the time. McMullen hoods Bijan. How many times did I say he's a blue chip stinking player? I said the Eagles weren't taking him. There's a, the, 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 Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, so, I, you know, people hear what they want to hear. I wouldn't get too upset about it, Jody, from your perspective. Because well, I'm not. I'm just trying, trying to put to it in up. a proper perspective, John. Yeah, the Eagles were trying to trade up to five to get Jalen Carter, and they were trying to trade up to eight to get Jalen Carter. Which, so they which, weren't sure of where they needed to go to get him, but they wanted to get him, and they were trying to get up to get him. And even when it came to going from 10 to 9, they probably didn't have to do it. And they said, you know what? I don't want to worry about it. Let me – throw in this fourth round pick from next year and 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 that ends the discussion and we get the player we want if so. you're right and you're reporting that the eagles tried to get up to five to take the player it just helps to make my argument i didn't think the seattle seahawks were going to be willing to trade down now i thought they were going to stay there and take the player they ended up taking a different player so i was wrong about that but i was right in that i didn't think seattle was going to give the eagles the opportunity it ended up he fell to nine. The Bears said, yeah, we, we, we might be talking to someone else. You better give us something. So they give him a future fourth-round pick. That's all they had to give up to secure the player that they wanted, a future fourth-round pick steal for the Philadelphia Eagles. But my point is, did you have Jalen Carter as a Philadelphia Eagle before last night's draft, John? Did you think the Eagles were going to get him? No, I thought. The Eagles were trying to get him. No, I, I didn't that. ask. I didn't ask. Try. No. I asked. Did no, you think ultimately, they were going to get I him? said. I, I said. You know, I've said it a million times, and I I'll say it a million and one. Just because you want to trade up doesn't mean you can trade up. Correct. Um, and ultimately, I, I there were a lot of teams who I thought um, were going in different directions than they did. Um, some teams, obviously starting with Carolina, um, Houston from one perspective, the Will Anderson perspective, uh, they were able to, uh, manipulate the board. Good job by Houston. Can't believe I'm saying that. I think Indianapolis, you know, the question there was, 
where, what quarterback would they take, but we knew they were taking a quarterback, so that wasn't a surprise. And then the surprises really started with Seattle. Um, you know, Devin Witherspoon, a good player, but I don't know how many people had him going to Seattle. A lot of people had him going to Vegas or Detroit. Uh, Detroit ended up, Arizona ended up trading out and then coming back up with back Detroit. Up, yep. And that's another player the Eagles really like, Paris Johnson. Um, and he would have been in the equation. Then Tyree Wilson finally goes, Bijan goes to Atlanta, and then you have the Eagles. Um, you know, how we set it in this pre-draft presser. Nobody knows what's going to happen. He doesn't right. know what's going to happen. So, you know, to point out Jody said this, uh, 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 come on. Come on, guys. Which, uh, which is fine, but what – and if you're going to make the point, you want to call me on the carpet, please call me on the carpet. But make sure you call everybody else on the carpet too because, John, here's my question directly to you. Of all your associates, all your fellow beat guys, the guys that you follow, they stay on top of what everybody's writing, everybody's saying, all the guys you were hanging out with last night, which one of them correctly predicted Jalen Carter was going to be an eagle before the draft? Uh, I don't know because I don't pay attention. I'm sure somebody did. Actually land Jalen Carter as a Philadelphia Eagle before the draft started. Who was on record who said Jalen Carter will be an Eagle before the night is over? I'm sure somebody did, but I don't pay attention. Well, so maybe, uh, maybe one out of 40 of you guys who cover the I team. Don't, I don't, so I, don't. I, I had good company with the other 39 individuals who didn't think Jalen Carter was going to be a player. Well, I'm going to defend. That's my I, only I, point I, is I, one I, point the finger at me that I got it wrong. Yeah, I did. Just do me a favor, point the finger at the other 38 well, who I'm also thought that he wasn't going to be an yeah, Eagle. I'm going to defend myself here. Now I have to defend myself and a bunch of other reporters. There there were a number of us that that knew the Eagles were trying to trade up and trying and get trying to get Jalen Carter. Now, they were also trying to get Will Anderson, but that was kind of a pipe dream. Um, so they were trying to get, and that's why I described it as a pass rusher. And I was on 75 shows yesterday, so people can look at it. And I said it 175 times. They were trying to get up. It was very, it, it was very known to us uh, past 24, 48 hours what was going on. Um, again, easier said than done. I don't really care about my mock draft. I mean, yeah, it basically pick two. All right, throw it in the garbage. I don't I don't like mock drafts. I only do mock drafts because I'm forced to do mock drafts. I think they're a silly exercise. We always talk about trade. Oh, Sarton's going to trade number 17 for a third round pick and a fourth round pick in 2024. I get it. It's fun for people. It's not, it, it's not meaningful in any way. So to me, the bigger, the bigger point of it is the reporting. And a lot of people were on it yesterday and and the day before that this was what the Eagles were trying to do now trying to do and getting it accomplished are two different things you know it was big news another pet peeve of mine in 2018 I was telling people hey the Eagles were going to take Christian McCaffrey the Eagles were going to take Christian McCaffrey in the 2017 draft if he fell I've been saying it on this show since it started. Um, 
Uh, and Albert Breer says, hey, the Eagles were going to take Christian McCaffrey in 2023 uh, with all the Bijan talk and everybody latched on to it. Uh, oh, that means they're going to take Bijan. And I said, no, it doesn't. They weren't going to take Bijan. Different players, different time, different coaching staff, different skill set. Um, but anyway, that stuff to me is more important. But yeah, people want to look at mock drafts. Have at it, you right. know, because I got a bunch of picks wrong. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to defend myself here, John. I'm saying I'm with everybody else. If a whole bunch of people had said the Eagles are going to do what it takes to get Jalen Carter and he will be an Eagle by the end of the day, I would tip my hat to them. Damn, they either had a better crystal ball or more insights and more sources or whatever. I don't know of any. You said there was probably one. I don't know who it is, but there was might very oh, well I have been. I don't know if anybody. The rest of us said, no matter how much we believe the Eagles like the player and we're going to be aggressively in pursuing the player, nobody went on record and said they're going to get the player. They did. So kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles for getting them. But again, if you want to point at me, because I specifically said here on Birds 365 leading up to the draft, I don't think the Eagles are going to get him. Well, why did I say that? Because I thought that teams at five or six were going to take him and not being willing to trade to the Eagles. Well, guess what? I was freaking right on both parts. The teams at five and six did not trade out. They kept it and they went with other players. Now, I was wrong in that I thought they were going to take Jalen Carter, but they didn't trade with the Eagles. And if you have sources to tell you how he checked in at both five and six to potentially trade up, well, I said that too. I, th I said the Eagles will attempt to move up. I just don't think those teams will be willing to do the deal. For the umpteenth time, from either me or John, you need two to tango. You can say, I want to move up. I'm going to try and move up. But then you have to get the deal done. And the Eagles didn't have to get the deal done until it got to number nine. And then they got him for a song for a future fourth round draft pick. So good on Howie Roseman. He got the player. But now they have work to do. They've got to make sure that this young man stays on a straight and narrow and gives them everything that he's capable of giving them in the on the football field without uh, getting away from it. All, All right, right, I got because uh, Jimmy did the homework, so I'm um, um, I'm going to give Jimmy the credit. Um, Jimmy had the Eagles taking Jalen Carter um, at number. All he said is, I, I, I the Eagles trading up and selecting Jalen Carter. Okay, so up. I assume yeah, I would, I, I would have to look at his, his actual mock draft. I don't have that. He just compiled the beat writers mock drafts. Uh, Jimmy did it. Uh, Tommy Lawler, our buddy, had it at pick ten. So he, he we had him falling down. All right, well, but they down. got Jalen Carter. Good for him. And uh, somebody else. Oh, Shiel, uh, Shiel Capadia had them trading up to pick seven with the Raiders um, to pick Jalen Carter. Well, kudos to those guys for getting it right because I didn't think it was going to – I did not think that player – Now, nobody got number nine. nine. Number no, Nobody got trading up to number nine because I think we all thought – and, well, and by the Tommy, way – If Tommy had him at 10, that, I give Tommy a ton of credit. That's By the one way, further down than I thought he was going to fall. I was hedging on my would would they trade up, and I would have because I I knew they were trying to trade up by Carter at that point because it was the day before, 
and I was hedging, I said, well, where can they get up? Like they can't get up to five. Um, they can't get up to six. So I thought seven like shield. That's why shield picks seven, I assume. Um, and that's what I was sort of debating. And ultimately I said, eh, they're probably not going to be able to do it. Um, well, so, if they could have gotten a seven, that is assuming that he didn't come off the board at five or six. He's being bypassed at five or six yeah. to get the seven. Well, I, I, my, my, my assessment was uh, there were three players, Anderson, Carter, uh, Paris Johnson, um, that I think the Eagles would have Paris Johnson to a lesser degree, but I think those are the three players they were trying to when when Howie said unique, impactful players, I think that's who he was talking about. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on Tyree Wilson because only because of uh medical issues. He had a Liz Frank injury. So I think that might have complicated the Eagles thinking. Uh, with him. And he did fall down the board a little bit, probably because of that injury status. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. It's Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Coming up next, our usual day after guy. Usually it's day after game. Today it's day after first round of the draft. Chris Franklin from NJ.com jumps aboard. Birds 365. <laughs> Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. You got Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by our bud, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, who spent quality time with John McMullen last night, which is a highlight because he hadn't been able to do so for months. Uh, is it like a good old reunion for you guys? Well, you get all the press briefings, but this is a big deal. This is like a post-game uh, media gathering, not just a question gathering. Do you guys like bond again? Do you have a secret handshake you do when you all get back together again? Oh, don't you know we have the fire pit that's in the middle yeah. of the room? We all sit around. We sing campfires. We call yeah. the draft tables. Well, Jody's forgetting. Yeah. Uh, I said we meet the third Tuesday of every month to decide whose job we're going to call for. So, wait, you told uh, me that you can't, you can't tell him about this stuff, man. No, I let I let the secret. Let that one slip, yeah. Jody. <laughs> Come on, now, now I got it. Oh, now, 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 now we got to Yeah, we got to. We got to reshuffle the schedule. Sean decide. Watch out, we're coming for you. If we ever get to see you, <laughs> you have four Not in attendance. No one spotted him last night. Uh, I, I, I'm sure he was in the draft room. I wasn't paying attention. Did you see those? There's like 77 people in the Eagles draft room. But, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a where's Waldo and a who's who of, yeah. who of the front office. Like, okay. You try to, you try those little brief moments. You're like, okay, I think I see that. I see, I see how he's looking at a screen pointing up and down a board. Okay. I see. Uh, so you're trying to figure out like, all right, where are these guys? Who, who's yeah, where? Somebody's got to put a somewhere. screenshot. I wasn't paying attention that much to the TV. So. Uh, somebody's got to put a screenshot in the draft room to see who's up there. Maybe Tom Donahoe snuck back in and, uh, you know, somebody's got to criticize Howie. I wish I could. I can, criticize, I can criticize Howie for being combative at the press conference. I thought it was unfair to Ruben, and I thought that nonsense about the tampering. I mean, you know, it was a settlement, Chris. It, uh, you know, it wasn't just the NFL. It was a settlement. Um but I can't criticize his picking of players. I, I, you know, boy, I look at the NFC East and I go, all right, so the Eagles got uh, uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Uh, the Commanders got Emmanuel Forbes. The Giants got Deontay Banks, and the Cowboys got Mozzie Smith. Uh, who do you like of that group? <laughs> If it's just the division as a whole, I think there's a clear winner there. Uh, the thing that surprised me was the commanders going with Forbes because and yeah. the drop of Christian Gonzalez. Now, personally, when it comes to Pac-12 defenders, I know Pac- everybody jokes about Pac-12 at night and all the high scores. And yeah. if you show some semblance of being able to cover on the outside, hey, you know what? You're a top ten pick. You can you actually stop someone up at a pass deflection or interception. You're a top ten pick because you did that. So. I mean, looking at that, it was, there's a clear winner. You know, I was joking around with this earlier. Uh, 
actually last night. Oh yeah, I can say earlier because it was around time. Was two o'clock last night. <laughs> but like Mozzie Smith, that pick, you know, all of a sudden you have to wonder how much the, with them losing. Well, by the, the way, I think it was Albert Breer who picked out. I I think he sent out a tweet that said Cowboys select uh, uh, Nolan Smith. He got the wrong Smith. Um, yeah. And I was like, ooh. Oh, Cowboys are getting Nolan. And then they get Mozzie Smith and they leave. Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. That was the, uh, he's trying to go. He's going to the best Adrian Wojnarowski had just failed. And that's one time I think people around Philadelphia were glad he got a wrong one that one. But it well, was, I mean, it was perfect. just like all of us. Oh, they're taking Smith. Oh, they're, yep. they, they got Nolan. No, no, we're going to take Mozzie Smith. There's another. <laughs> but it worked out perfectly for them. I mean, they they, they, they they like they were let when you looking at the TV screen real quick you see the, how they were thinking like they were just like oh what do we do guys what do we do it, it is crazy yeah all right let's talk about the players that the Eagles did get uh, Jalen Carter at number nine is phenomenal value uh, most people had him as either the first or second ranked overall talented football player in the draft we know why he fell. Uh, off-field issues and then affecting his pro day, which uh, he wasn't great at. But the Eagles went back to the tape and said, how do we not take this kid at number nine? They did. And I like the fact, and I keep harping on this, they did take responsibility last night. They they might have been a bit haughty and a bit combative with members of the press, but they did take responsibility that they said, we're bringing him into our culture, our locker room. We have faith that we will be able to make this young man grow as both a football player and as a man. They did take on that responsibility, did they not, Chris Franklin? Yeah, it is. It, it is a it's a risk, especially with a when you look at what happened in the offseason. And you got, I think, that you feel a little bit comf- more comfortable with the guys you have on that T roster now. You can, you can't make this if you don't have captains like Jason Kelsey. Especially Fletcher Cox, Brandon yeah, Graham. You don't have guys like that for him. I mean, yeah. I mean, Fletcher's going to be in the room with him. I think this is Fletcher's yeah. job. Yeah, um, especially we heard how much Jordan Davis used to say he helped him out a lot in his rookie year yeah. too. So you're going, you need that 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 leadership group to help him help him out, and it also helps that you have these former college teammates, Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, right there with him too. So yeah, man, get, this is the way we do things around here. Just make sure stay in line. If that's going to be cool, just play hard. I think that was a very important. That's that's what allowed you to make that selection. Um, the Eagles NASCAR package. Um, Seth Joyner our, on our uh, draft show was talking about the potential Eagles NASCAR package when you add Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith to the mix. Uh, which way you want to go? You want to go Reddick? You want to go Sweat? You want to go Brandon? You want to go Pletcher? You want to go Carter? This is this. You know they're not getting seventy sacks again just because you can't get seventy sacks again. But they might have a better pass rush if that makes sense than they had last year on it's on paper. Cr- it's hard to imagine it. It really is because not only because I think a lot of people were hoping Robert Quinn would be like that true pass rusher on that second unit. Now, all of a sudden, you got Nolan Smith to step in there. And, oh, yeah, you got Derek Barnett. You know how much you can get him. You still have him. You want to see what you can do. You know, I doubt you're going to get that much out of him. But at least he's steady and steady in force. You're picking at uh, Jody Scott. <laughs> I'm going to set 
I'm going to set the Derek Barnett sacks this year for the Philadelphia Eagles at one half. Are you taking under or over? I'll take over. I'll take two. <laughs> I, I'm taking under because he's not going to be here. He's not going to be here. <laughs> yeah. he, he's going to get a big goose egg. Yeah. That's why it's the half. Yeah. I'll take two. I'll, I'll be contrary on this one. I'll, I think he'll get two. Good luck with that, Chris Franklin. Well, yeah. you know, barring, you know, barring injury, uh, you know, you have you, uh, you have Reddick, you have Sweat, you have Brandon, and now you have Nolan Smith. Yeah. Do you really need a fifth edge rusher? Um, it'd be nice, but, you know, you got to help on special teams at that point. And then it's Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson, Etc. Um, I don't think he's going to be here. And by the way, I think the Eagles might get like a seventh round pick for him. Uh, I think somebody might take a flyer on on Derek Barnett. The contract's not too bad. Um, might have to be post June first, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be here, Chris. I'm th- no reason I'm thinking that is I think you got they they love the fact they stuck by him for so long. The fact that they, even when he was at it, and they talk about how much, even you he had those bonehead penalties, the, the rough pass like that for, he seems to find, seem to find a way to get to the quarterback, get the pressure. And then it's actually got, it's almost like, it's Mike Mamola-esque in the fact that he got the hurries and the pressure. Like, sack totals aren't there. I thought they still kind of value that part and, and still keep him around. I'm not saying it's going to be like, he's going to be like, hey, he's not going to put up gram numbers or sweat numbers like that, mm-hmm. but. I think, you know, I think Derek was, you know, real quick, Jody, uh, when everybody started, hey, Derek Barnett beat Reggie White's sack numbers at Tennessee. That did him in. That (laughs) That did him in. Here's the thing that both of you were overlooking. Uh, and people like to do this with Howie contract because all they look at is, ooh, look at the small cost that he's got this year. $10 $10 million dead cap hit when Derek Barnett goes out the door. Uh, look $10 at million goes June out first. the door with him because post he's got... June 1st, Jody. Look at per- post-June 1st. That's the key. Uh, it, I'll look at... No, he's got, he's got four years future tacked on. Voidable year contract. All that comes forward. It's going to be a big cap hit whenever they get rid of him. He's only scheduled to make a million dollars in salary, so you're going to take a cap hit to get rid of him. Uh, trade uh, post-June 1st, uh, dead money, 1.977. Um, cap savings, 1.138. So then um, what's the dead cap hit for the year thereafter? Uh, 1.977 moving forward. He's he's got the Benia 1.977 for Benilla. 2023, <laughs> 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027 it's 1.284. Um so it's all spread out. Permission um, to steal that for later on. I got to call it the Benia. Yeah. Let me ask you a cap question on that John. When you do that yeah. I thought that any money that was left on the contract, yeah, you can spread it out over two years if you wait till after June first. But doesn't it get pushed up into that first year? Uh now yes, you can I, avoid it for the immediate year, but the year thereafter, I think it's supposed to all come into one year. That, That's at that, least my that, understanding of the, the, the way the cap works. Well, this is remember, this is a trade. If you're talking about a cut, uh 
uh, pre-June 1st is 10.272 dead money. You got 7.2 uh, in 2024, um, 5.2, 3.2, 1.2 in the Bonilla. But cut post-June 1st, it goes down to 3.057, uh, and then 1.97, 1.97, 1.97, 1.2. Um, yeah, I remember seeing Malik Jackson on the books last year as well. Still yeah, was on the books last yeah, year yeah, as well, yeah. too, spreading that stuff out. Yeah, so, you know, it's better to trade him if you can get, like I said, a seventh-round pick, whatever. You save a couple bucks. Uh, but either way, even if you just flat-out cut him, it's very, very manageable. But it's got to be done post-June 1st. It can't be done before June 1st. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can go ahead and uh, have a good May here in town, Derek. Because, you know, you're guaranteed to be here until at least June 1st. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the Eagles' second first-round pick. I did not have Nolan Smith at number 10 for one very specific reason, not because he wasn't a very good player, much like Jalen Carter. I thought he was going at number five. That's why I thought the Eagles couldn't get him because they weren't going to be able to get up high enough to take him. And I didn't – I feared the Eagles taking him at 10 because – I think there's a reproduction of, of, of skills between he and Hassan Redding. They're similar type players, similar size, similar speed guys. I don't know that uh, stopping the run is the strength of either with their outside speed rushing. And if you had them both on the field at the same time, it almost seems like you're daring the other team to run against you, if that's the case. But at number 30, my God, he was a guy who we were debating at 10 Falling all the way to 30, do you think it was the peck issue? Why why would a, a player as talented as Smith drop all the way down to 30 for the Eagles to be able to take him? I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Uh, I've reached out to a couple of people right now for it, and they were before, like, why is he still here? Like, it, 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 I'm trying to figure that out myself. It, it, the only thing I think of is it must be either something medical or, or something where even size because I thought he personally, I think he was still better. I know Van Ness got a lot of push late, but I still thought he was better than him overall. Now, granted, it could have been that that he was playing with that vaunted defense and everybody else around it, but just looking at the table, I thought he still had that quickness off the edge as well, too. And the defense is going to be light. I mean, if you have him, Reddick, and get, get guy work, or you look at Dean and also Morrow, that's four smaller linebackers. Undersized guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're yeah, going to play. I was talking about that play. last year, though, guys, and they didn't care. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speed, especially it's as much teams pass now, it's you rather have that speed to get to the edges and get to the flats to make sure you you slow them down on that. Yeah, it's up to Jordan Davis. Poor Jordan Davis. You go stop the run. Everybody <laughs> else, don't worry about it. Don't and worry. I, about I, it. I I know this will tick Eagle fans off, but Isaiah Pacheco. And it may have taken him a long time for that build to come due, but Isaiah Pacheco ran the ball pretty damn effectively in the second half of that undersized Eagle defense in the Super Bowl. And I know they won everything else up until that point, but then the most important check of all comes due and they couldn't cash it. So I, I Yeah, I, but it's it depends how you know if 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 Isaiah Pacheco does what Isaiah Pacheco did and Hassan Reddick gets a strip sack or or 
CJ. If, if it's a bunch of candies and nuts, oh. we don't have enough for a party. You can't give me if, John. No, I can because you're giving me if. So if you give no, me if. I'm if, giving you what happens. Isaiah Pacheco ran it down their throats in the second half of the Super Bowl. There's no if about it. Well, yeah, it, there is because if you go back to Super Bowl 52, the defense was even worse, but they made one play. And and the point is, if, if you're Hassan Reddick and you have this NFL, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You're in the conversation for that. You're one of the best sack guys. You got 70 sacks, not just Hassan. I don't want to pick on Hassan because he's the best. But, you know, he was one we focused on because Kansas City had a weakness on the other side on paper. Oh, that looks like a good matchup for the Eagles. They didn't get it done. CJ with all his mouthy, oh, you didn't put us in a good position to make plays? Go make a play. Darius, go make a play. They didn't make plays on defense. So you can point out one, you know, oh, they didn't stop the run in the Super Bowl, so that to change their whole defensive philosophy. Or, or, yeah, this is an if, or they could have played like they played all season and made a damn play, and they so win you, the Super Bowl. Nobody's no, talking about it. So you have no issues going forward with a smaller team this year, John. Is that what you're saying? They should. St- that's their philosophy: smaller and quicker, and that's the way to go. And you wouldn't worry about it. Well, I was talking about. I, I'm the one who brought it up with, with when they signed Hassan Reddick and Kaiser White and and CJ, and said, "Boy, there's not a lot of run stuffers on this team." Um, and they didn't care. Now, I'm I'm not saying I agree with their philosophy. I'm explaining to the people they don't care. So if they don't care, why should I care? It's up to Jordan Davis. Well, I think, and that's I think this Carter selection goes a lot a lot further as well too. Is that because you have Dean being a lot smaller than a typical prototypical middle Mike linebacker? You get to have those guys in the middle of the defensive line. Those defensive tackles are going to be probably some of the most important players on this defense because as long as you can keep him clean and you allow the Kobe Dean to – you don't let the guards get to the second level try to block him up. As long as you keep him clean, he'll do his thing. He'll, he'll be able, he'll diagnose what the play is going on and he'll try to scrape, scrape or shuffle to the hole that he needs to go. It's a matter of those defensive tackles impeding the process of those offensive linemen so they can't get to him and – See seven, six, seven yard carries per per run per rush. So I think they're going to be probably that area. Like Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, all those guys are going to be important if this defense wants to be able to replicate success from last year. I agree. With, I, I agree with you there. I'm just here's my only concern: Are the Eagles undersized as a team? If John wants to just give him a pass because that's their philosophy, okay, fine. I'm not going to. I think they were a little undersized. And I, and how are you going to pay a price for that? Well, teams might be aggressive at running the football against you. I think it's a legit concern. Now, they got tremendous value with their two picks. You can't pass on a player that that's talented at that spot. I'm just saying now how he's got some other work to do because they need to add a little size to this football team whether they care about it or not, they might have worked for how many games did they play before they got to the Super Bowl? 18? 18 and a half yeah. games. The last half of the last game, the most important game, I think they paid a price because they were uh, capable of being run against. I'm sorry if that uh, flies in the face of what Eagle fans want to hear, but uh, it's just facts, Jack. 
It's going to be interesting when it comes to this cat and mouse game because one thing that Desai did use a lot now, it could be different because he has James Bradbury and Darius Slater on the outside, but one thing he did use a lot is a lot of big Nick, like using three safeties a lot of times and taking out one of those linebackers and putting them in with a safety to man, have a better matchup. Uh, they're going to so take out even lighter. They're going to take out another linebacker. Three. And we um, see how many t- times teams yeah. use those three wide receiver sets. It's almost like commonplace now. So it's a cat and mouse game. It's like, okay, you want to you want to go three, four wide? We're going to just run down your throats. If you want to go bring your beef, like if you want to spread them out, if you want to bring more beef in, we're just going to start throwing the ball. It's that and cat and mouse where, game. You know, Jalen more more. Carter, you're right, because Jalen Carter, at least potentially, and let's, it's all potential, but um, like he's got the potential to – Javon was a great pass rusher. He was not good against the run. He was not good. He was not a good run defender. Jalen Carter's got the ability to do both um, at a high level. Um, they might improve in that aspect. But, yeah, it's not that I'm giving them a pass. It's that I, they don't care. And Jonathan Gannon said it 100 times. Stop explosive. Don't get beat over the top. Uh, explosive, 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 explosive. And they got all these you know, undersized players out there. We're willing to give up five, six, seven-yard runs. Now, I know nobody believes it yet because we're not allowed to talk sh- to Sean Desai. And who knows if we ever will talk to Sean Desai. <laughs> I don't even know if he exists. I'm told he exists. Could, could you pick him out of a six-pack, yeah. John? I've seen pictures of him, so I assume I could pick him out. But, um, I, I, you know, I think everybody's hopeful. Well, he's going to be different. He's going to be different. He's going to be different. Well, Nick Sirianni told you he's not going to be different. We're going to use the same scheme, the same philosophies, He's going to be like Shane Steichen was to Nick Sirianni. He's a different person. So situations in a game, he might do things differently. But philosophy-wise, stop explosives, light boxes. Jordan Davis, do your job. Tie up blockers. uh, Let N'Kobe Dean flow to the football. Those overriding philosophies, they're not changing, Chris. Nope. Do you have hope nope. that they change? They're not. They're not going. When Vic Fangio was his mentor, and yeah. he used a similar thing. He basically when Van, Vangio moved on, well, decide when Vangio moved on to Denver and decided to go for that year. It basically was okay. Let's keep the let's keep what was working. If it's working, let's keep on going that one too. And it's not going to be a change. It's like the fact that you didn't see a, a complete overhaul in terms of the type of players that they'd seen added in the offseason and even through the draft you see it's just replicating itself again i mean i and i'm i'm prefacing by saying i'm not calling them khalil mack robert quinn for the 21 season but to me it looks like they tried to replicate it in a way of getting nolan smith and hassan reddick to try to get the same rush production that they had during the 2021 season it looks it looks like they're trying to get the bases the out the base of the the foundation for stuff like that and didn't just let everybody want to back and do their thing. It just it looks like that a lot. So I don't see a big change at all, if, if anything. All right. Well, then my question's got to be this. The Eagles have a second round pick and a third round pick, and they're very close to each other. The second round pick is late second because of the negotiation they had. It was the NFL's call. No, you negotiated a deal with Arizona, Howie. Stop. Uh, they have a uh, high third round pick. So the picks are only a couple of picks apart which gives Howie some flexibility to wheel and deal. Will they be used on either a linebacker or a safety? They took two defensive linemen. 
Are they going defense, defense again, back seven? Or at some point, are they going to throw Nick Sirianni a bone for his offense and say, yeah, you know, we could use an upgrade at running back? I know it's all going to be with how the board falls, Chris, but just give me an in advance thought as to how the Eagles are going to use their two picks tonight, second or third round. See, going into it a couple, if you asked me a couple of days ago, if the board was the, the way it is right now, and my first pick is, oh, it's got to be Zach. I thought Gibbs was going to be one, but Detroit took him so early. I was shocked about that. <laughs> At like, number what, what 12. Oh, my like, Lord. What are doing? So I'm like, Zach, Zach Charbonnet seems like the right fit. But for me, I look at Brian Branch, and I look at the fact that in 2024, you have so many picks, and including a third rounder. You're going to have two, probably two third rounders. One your own, and the other one's going to be projected for the compensatory pick for, for Javon Hargrave. So I'm thinking, you know what, to move up, I want to move up to the top parts. Probably, you probably move 34, 35, 35, 30, somewhere around that range, 34, 33, 34. And I want a Brian Branch. I think he's he can be, when you have Edmonds, Evans, and Wallace all on the final years of your deals, you look at the match principles that decide potentially could be bringing over when it comes to coverage. I think Brian Branch would, is a perfect fit for this defense. I think you look at the way he can go into the slot. I think he do the slot corners. I think he's effective man coverage. I think he bait a lot of those receive bait quarterbacks in the throws they want to make. I see all the stuff he can do. That's the guy I, I would have no hesitation. I'd probably try to dangle a 2024 third rounder if I could move up that far and, and take him. I think he's that good of a player. And he can be a foundation of your uh, foundational young foundational piece for that secondary. I love him. I've been saying I I think he's the best fit for this team uh, for what they need at at the safety position. Um, But you brought up Gibbs. um, And I know I I think you had him go into the Eagles in the early in the second round on a trade down. I think that was you, which would make sense. Yep. If if you look at the first round, round it's the Texas. It's weird. If you look at the first round as a whole, Chris, what was your biggest? Uh, I'll take Gibbs because he's got to be the biggest. But um, what was your biggest head scratcher um, besides Gibbs? Uh, and uh, by the way, very good player. Just number 12. I, come on, yeah. Detroit. There's valuation has got to matter at some point. You know, to me, I, I know. I, to me, there was a lot of. I still think, even though I felt bad at Gonzalez, and, and I thought that you know you fell down that long, and Forbes fell that long. I kind of thought the uh, with Witherspoon going at five, and I know it's a passing league. I know everybody's that. I thought he'd probably go down a little bit further. Not saying a lot. No, probably like eight, nine, ten. I thought that was an opportunity for for Seattle to really improve their defensive line, and and be effective because they have all these, they have really good cornerbacks, really good secondary, but to me, their pass rush is, is not consistent. So I thought that was, that was intriguing. Now, you can't follow them. I mean, Witherspoon's a really good player, but I thought that was pretty intriguing. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going uh, to throw, <laughs> throw Jody's Jets in the mix. I thought they, you know, Good player. Come on, they I, took a guy named McDonald. How can that yeah. not be great? <laughs> I, Are you I, kidding I, me? I, I get a point. jet jersey with McDonald on the back of it. 
That That's pick good was point. Huge. I, I did not put two and two together there. That that makes more sense. Of course, um, um, <laughs> Emmanuel. We've been doing a show together, Johnny Mac. That's that's plus a good years. point. Well, I didn't get a lot of sleep, Jody. You got to give me a pass. Okay, uh, that, that's, Emmanuel that's Forbes. Make the points I'm making, John. I'm picking up the slack for you. Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes at sixteen. Uh, Jack Campbell at eight, at eighteen. Um, those that wide receiver run. Boy, I think there's some bad organizations that went, oh, Smith and Jigbo went off, and then it went Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Bang, 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 bang. I don't think there's more than two receivers that should have been first-round picks in this draft, and everybody panicked with the mini wide receiver run. And by the way, the Giants, good for the Eagles, didn't get a wide receiver because of that stupid little mini wide receiver run. So that's good for the Eagles. I think a lot of teams were really scared because there's a there's a big drop off from that first pack down to the second one because then you start looking at Mims downs and so, you, so I think a lot of them were like, well, you got to get one at least before we're waiting a long time before we're getting another one and how do you sell this to your fan base? So I was shocked that it was four in a row. I thought maybe maybe three. I didn't think four in a row were going to go like that. It's like, all right, this is board's taking a weird turn. All right, let's go this way, but. I mean, yeah, this, Baltimore, this, this, they already this. signed uh, 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 Lamar, so why, you know, boy, they're just going nuts <laughs> trying to make they're Lamar They're giving him another weapon. I'm not that yeah. big as a Flowers fan. I think he's been a little overrated, but I, I don't have a problem with them picking a wide receiver. OBJ is just going to be a one-and-done one guy, so they got a young guy. Here's why I'll say it wasn't that big a reach, John. None of them traded to get there. All of those picks were taken by the team in the slot that they were players. in. They're there were better players on the board for those that group of teams and and what they needed. Um, really, who went afterwards? Who you said, "Wow, he's better than Quinton Johnson." Uh, well, well, for the Chargers, I mean, well, Deontay Banks, I had going at seventeen, so he went twenty four. I think the Giants got a really good player, but the Giants uh, wanted uh, uh, a wide receiver and couldn't get one. And they settled for Devontae, and I don't consider it s- settled. Uh, the two tight ends, Mayer didn't even go. Dalton Kincaid won at 25. Um, you know, the the two Clemson guys back to back. I, I think Cincinnati at 28 with Miles Murphy and the Saints with 29 with Brian Brisset. I, I think those are great picks. And then obviously the Eagles at 30. I think 28, 29, and 30 were phenomenal picks. I really do. Um, and I, I'm not as big as a Felix fan at 31 with the Chiefs. But, yeah, I I, I thought, you know, Minnesota needs a quarterback. Yeah, I, I was going to say, the, the one team that I, out of, the, out of that grouping that I go, what the hell are they thinking is Minnesota. They got the worst defense on the yeah, planet. And exactly. they said, yeah, give us another wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. When you got good pass rushers yeah. at the bottom of the draft like that. And that's a perfect example. They're playing fantasy, but they're playing video games. They're going the Atlanta route. And meanwhile, you got the worst defense in the history of mankind. I mean, you got to at least put that a man. representative group out there. Yeah, it's not important, but they got to be okay. You know, all right, we're going to add a receiver to Justin Jefferson. Uh, all right, good luck, good luck. And they better hope they better hope all their games are before four o'clock because you know how Kirk Cousins likes to play in prime time. So the fact yeah. you want to have your offense like yeah. you well, can have that offense, all right, but you better. Well, what they guaranteed is 
for the 77th consecutive season, I believe, Kirk Cousins will throw for 4,000 yards. Great. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. <laughs> and, Enjoy. And, and not win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, and, oh, by the way, all of a sudden the Bears don't look so bad in that division. After oh, what I, Detroit, I think the Bears are terrible, too. I mean, after the what Bears... Detroit, in comparison, after what Detroit and Minnesota did last night, Bears don't look so well. Yeah, dumb. in comparison to those dumbass. Well, teams, that's who but... they're in the division with, John. Chicago's in the same division with Minnesota. Well, Green Bay is the best organization in that division by a, a landslide, even though they lose Aaron Rodgers. And they made the one smart pick. They got Van Ness at 13. He's going to be a good player for them. I guarantee it. Uh, the Bears, you know, Darnell Wright, they need offensive line help. But why don't you take Peter Skaronsky? First of all, they should have stayed at nine and took Jalen Carter. I mean, Greg Gabriel used to, you know, plugged in there. He said, no, they're taking Carter. They're taking Carter. Well, they didn't take Carter. They could have taken Carter. And, okay, they need offensive line help. And then he got the kid right down the street from Northwestern, the safest pick of the draft. Now let's go with upside because he's got longer arms. All right. Well, and see, that's the beauty of it. Now you're going to comp those two guys to each other for the next 10 years. Yeah. And it'll either be proven a mistake or a smart pick by them. I like yeah. Wright. Wright was the best player at the senior ball this year. He he outshined everybody. They else traded the themselves. Side. They traded themselves, not traded, traded themselves with, with taking, uh, they Jalen Ragard themselves taking Darnell Wright over Peter Skaronsky. Nice. You have the safe, the safe pick, uh, who's you know Zach Martin esque. I'm going too far. These guys are not going to develop to that point. But you got a safe pick versus. Oh, he's got long arms. He's got tremendous upside. Yeah, go go away, Chicago. You're awful. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're the second smartest team in that division. That's probably true. All right, uh, Chris Franklin, thank you very much. We're running over time today. Thanks Sorry. for hanging out trying with to, us. Trying to make you, you smile, Chris. Yeah, no problem. It was funny, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Good luck. Thanks, Just good luck. Do, do me a favor. Keep an eye on the marshmallows at the campfire tonight in the Eagles media room that Johnny Mac doesn't burn himself. He, he, he likes those marshmallows well toasted. All right, we'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Stay right there. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Guys, we only got a couple minutes left running over. Uh, we went along with both our two guests. Thanks to both uh, Les Bowen and Chris Franklin doing a good job jumping in with us. All right, Mac, they got two picks. One late second, one early third. And Les, how he's moving and shaking. And, man, yesterday he moved up when I thought they were going to stay at 10. And he stayed put at 30, which is where he's going to trade out. So, basically, I've been 0 for 2 on whether how he would or wouldn't move. He going to sit pat with where he picks at uh, 62 and 65. I believe those are – what's the uh, Arizona pick that he's taking? 66, I believe. 66. Uh, 66. They um, pick 62nd and 66th. So those are the two picks. They're going to stay put. If they stay put uh, – I don't you, ever if think you they're going to stay put. You give me names, yeah. but if you want to just give me – positions what do you think they hit on with those picks only four picks apart well there's a lot of good players left so you know we'll see how the board kind of unfolds i think you know uh there's a chance they move up uh and target a player they got this sort of extra value uh by moving up in the third round due to the tampering um on the other hand you know uh, they got that big donut in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, so they can go in the other direction as well. And, oh, by the way, let's remember, they gave up two future picks already during this yeah. offseason. Ultimately, we, we assume they're going to have a ton of picks because of all of the compensatory picks next year. So it, they've got those picks to give up, but they have given up two already. Um, they are going to have a ton of picks, and they have. Uh, so both of those things. Um are going to turn out to be true ultimately and how he's pro- proved it again yesterday, you know, and he's done it uh, a number of years. Now he did it with Jordan Davis as well. Did it with Devonte Smith uh, when he targets certain players and he goes up 
you know, little if they start dropping to a point where you can go get them. So not a massive move, but I like Les's thought about depth on the offensive line. So if you start seeing a Matthew Bergeron sort of creeping down towards 62, Osiris Torrance, who's probably the best guard in the draft, if she, he starts creeping down. Osiris uh, Torrance from where, John McMullen? Florida. Florida. That would be uh, Howie Roseman's alma mater, yeah, SEC. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I think that's got Howie written all now, over that, it. The, the, the one problem I have with Osiris, he's, he's a very good player. I don't know if he has the versatility they usually look for. Like they like guys who have purely guard, a guard. Versa- yeah, purely a guard. There's that kid from North Dakota State everybody loves. Mock. Yeah, Cody Mock. Looks like one of the Viking Raiders from WWE. Yeah, yeah he does, yeah. Uh, he he's he's got the wild hair. Uh, he's got he can. I think, pro- think he, he's he a couple teeth too. As a matter of fact, he's uh, he's a tackle, but he can move inside. Um, so he's got that versatility. Um, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. Hey, how about this, Jody? You know, Cam Jurgens is your starting uh, right guard, and Joe Tipman comes in to be the next heir apparent to Jason Kelsey because Cam Jurgens gets entrenched as as the starting uh, right guard. How about that? Not impossible. We've it's not like we haven't seen it before. That's yeah. exactly what happened with Isaac. Isaac was going to be yeah. the replacement for uh, Kelsey, and then Isaac got moved. And it was and Landon. Don't forget about Landon. Landon was the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. And he moved, and he was so good, they're not considering moving him. So who's to that, say it that, doesn't happen that doesn't again? Count, that doesn't count for me because Landon never even backed up. He was he was uh, verbally Kelsey's backup. They had him in card before uh, they, they even – probably their first practice, they were cross-training him in card. Well, uh, only because – no, he was drafted to be a center. And, and he only moved, remember, Brandon Brooks got hurt that year first, um, and he had to play right guard, and it, it, he kind of struggled early playing right guard. And then um, um, Isaac, got, Isaac hurt, got hurt, Yep. and then they flipped him over to left guard, and he just took off. But they had two injuries, and that's why he moved so quickly. But make no mistake about it, he was drafted to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. Yeah, so for the um, third the third consecutive yeah. year, they're going to draft the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey is what you're telling me. You uh, might be hey. right about that. I will stand my ground. I'm rooting for Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come all the way down to 62. Don't know. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe, just maybe, how he doesn't mind the small jump up. He doesn't like to jump up massively, doesn't like to overpay. But if you get close, you get into the neighborhood, you get into the zip, then how he does to jump up like he's done for Davis, for Devontae, last night for uh, uh, their Carter. He does like that small jump up. So I'm just hoping that Zach Charbonnet gets down to 58, 59, 60, and then the Eagles jump up and get him. Come on, they picked two defensive guys. You got to give your your head coach a little – Christmas present under the tree. Get him. You would think so. Get him. Don't sleep on receiver either. Uh, As I mentioned, I think the receivers now at this point. Oh, the receivers are all gone. You told us one, two, three, four, boom, 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 boom. No, what I, what I said is I think, I think the receivers are, are, you know, clustered. And I think a lot of the guys still on the board 
are good, like Jalen Hyatt, the two kids from Tennessee. You have Jalen Hyatt, you have Cedric Tillman, you have Josh Downs from North Carolina, you have Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. They're the exact same as the group that went last night, except for uh, Smith and Jigba. I think he's the best. Um, I think everybody else is sort of in the same cluster. And then Marvin Mims, uh, I think Chris mentioned him. He's a He is a just natural slot receiver. Um, so if they want a slot receiver, Marvin Mims from if Oklahoma. They, if they take Hyatt, goodbye, uh, Quez Watkins. Because if you've got to have that guy who takes the top off the defense, get a cheaper, younger, better upside guy, could be the end of you know You know, NFL.com just – you know, so Lance Zerline and the guys, they have him as the top graded receiver. Jalen Hyatt, still on the board. Number one overall at that overall, overall. including the guys who were drafted last yes. night or just the guys that are left. No, overall. Ahead of Smith and Jigba. Really? Ahead of Quentin Johnson, head of Jordan Addison. Every single one of them, ahead of them all. I don't agree with them, but yeah. um, if, if, if he's there, uh, you're right. The. I don't think they'll use the second round pick, but that third round pick is high that they got in the NFL mandated negotiation between the Cardinals and the Eagles. Yeah, right, Howie. All right, uh, we're well over. We got to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, you're back in there uh, tomorrow, and then you get the right all weekend before you got to join me on Monday, right, Johnny Mac? Yeah. What is today? Today's Friday, right? Today would be Friday, right. which so means we're not you doing and I don't have a tomorrow. show tomorrow right. or the next day. But we're going to do this on Monday to wrap yeah. up all of the NFL draft. You in? Uh, I am in. Just got to keep track of days. <laughs> Johnny Mac and I, he's going to get a nap. Then he's going to go back to Ryan. He's going to go down and light the campfire down at the Eagles headquarters and be there for day two. McMullen and I will be back on Monday, which means Birds 365 returns in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.